Yes, good morning and welcome back to Sky Sports Radio. And uh, it's uh, that time of the week again where we get to delve into a bit of a history behind the name. And today on our Monday's Experts segment, of course, a big week in Bathurst, Bathurst Cup. This particular Saturday, we're talking the Kosciuszko. And I thought, what a wonderful opportunity to chat uh, with Gaynor Williams, who is a trainer there at Bathurst, but we see her name regularly popping up in our form, guys, and we hear on the uh, radio talking horses and tips. Well, Gaynor, we thought we'd have a chat to you today about your history and what's ahead on the horizon uh, for your stable, etc. Welcome to Monday's Experts. Good morning. Thank you, Dave. Good morning to you. Wonderful to chat with you this morning. Um, like I've done with uh, Rod Northam last week and, and trainers before that, I, I'm really keen to find out how this all started. So where where were you born in uh, in New South Wales? In Oberon, uh, New South Wales, and uh, not too far from Bathurst, and just started in Pony Club, came through the Pony Club ranks, uh, introduced to horses, by my father, who probably regrets that at some stage. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, just come up as a, as a kid through the pony ranks and competition riding from a young age. When when you say that um, your father introduced you to, was it he introduced you to racing or just horses in general? Did he have horses or did the family have horses? Dad was um, a bit of a buck jump rider and a stockman and, and his father had race horses, but my introduction was more just the equestrian side of things at that stage. We all get introduced to things as kids from our parents and sometimes we latch on, sometimes we go, no, not interested. What was it about the horse and, I guess, Pony Club at the time that you thought, oh, I'm enjoying this? I think it was mainly the horse and and 50 years later it's still the horse. Uh, Just fell in love with the animal and I think mum, mum tells me a a story or dad sat me on the front of the saddle with a, a horse with him when I was about three and went to take me off and I screeched and screamed and whatever and wanted to get be put back on and it's probably not much different now. <laughs> it's stuck with you. So so you're in Pony Club. Um, at the time, were you ever thinking about going into horse training or, or be, wanting to become a jockey? What was the progression? And, and I'm very curious to know what the conversation was like with your family when you sort of went down that, well, I'm going to be involved with horses for the rest of my life. Were they happy about that or were they wanting you to, to go in and get um, some sort of other profession? No, I'm happy with the horses, but uh, I did work in the bank for seven years and at Oberon and that was sort of, a, that was my sideline. It was supposed to be my major job, but I looked at that as a sideline uh, was in the equestrian field uh, till about 84 and received my licence in 85 for the racing. And I always liked the thoroughbreds and had thoroughbreds as kids, a kid and, and off the track horses. I didn't ever at that stage have the luxury of a, an educated horse. Uh, we all, Dad always bought horses, you know, that needed a bit of education and, and a home, rehomed them. And um, I just went from there and just took an interest in the the racing in 1985 received a license off Ned Doherty, and yep. uh, I'll never forget sitting across the table from him when I applied for it. He said, "Well, congratulations, dear. You've just made the worst decision of your life." <laughs> <laughs> I still remember that. Sometimes he's right, and sometimes he's not. I'm, I'm keen to explore this uh, just before we move on to the the training in '85. So, when you were doing a, uh, the equestrian. And was that starting to gain momentum? Because you hear a lot of stories about, uh, you know, trainers and, and those that have been in the horse game 
where you could have easily gone down a path of, you know, quite high up in the equestrian world? And could you have represented the country or was it always just um, at, a, at a base level? Oh, the competition, it was tough. I used to compete against Wayne Roycroft and Heath Ryan and, and um, a lot of top riders. And I probably could have chosen to go that way, but I just, uh, I like a challenge and I just wanted something different. Got to a stage where I wanted something different and just wanted to take on the racehorses. And I thought if I don't train them myself, I can't afford to pay someone else to, to do it. And uh, the only, I do have one regret, and that's that I've, didn't ever think to spend time in someone else's stable or train alongside someone else and, and just start to know the ropes, but uh, just sort of went from equestrian to racing and uh, straight away, really. How did you go about attracting clients? It's a different world now with getting involved with racing, but at the time, country racing necessarily wasn't flying like it is financially back in 85. Did you have the backing or support of someone or did you basically have to start from scratch? No, we started from scratch, and Frank bought my, me my first horse, a, a mare called Scarlet Vixen off Rostid uh, at English Sales, and Michael Beattie gave us a little bit of a, uh, a leg up as far as some information about the horse, and she was ready to go, and Frank bought her for me just to, to get me on the road, and it, and it just went from there. But the clientele base just built as we went along, but we, we started with a couple of our own and uh, just went on from there. And where was your first location? Was it in Mudgee or was it is it was it around Bathurst area? Trained at Midlands property at Oberon. Uh, Frank managed the yearling side of things for Norman G. Booth out there for quite a few years. And then we relocated to Bathurst. And okay. it just went from there. Then, then Mudgee, then uh, Grafton, I should say, then Mudgee and back to Bathurst. With with the with the changing of locations in the different areas, I mean they're all great areas to train your horses. I mean Grafton, we see a lot of Grafton trainers there. Mudgy uh, seems like a you know a wonderful place too. There's a, I guess that's slight lifestyle uh, of Mudgy, but then again, as a horse trainer, you probably don't get to experience the lifestyle away. It's you know it's a, it's a twenty four hour seven day a week job. But what have you found the the most difference between say training then and training now at Bathurst? Oh, it's it's very much the same, uh, really. The the facilities at Bathurst are good, and that was probably one of the main reasons we did relocate. And not that they weren't good ever everywhere else, but uh, it's pretty much the same. The probably the most difficult thing I would have to find is probably it probably doesn't relate to just Bathurst, but uh, is the availability of races to suit horses was totally different back in those other years, 20 years ago. We used to race every fortnight or there was a non-tab every fortnight and it just um, opened things up a lot more for for class of horse, but it becomes a little difficult in the bush, uh, you know, from from here on. Things are totally different. You're seeing that natural uh, progression and improvement, though, in horse quality? Definitely. Definitely, there's a lot better bred horses out here in the bush now than there was 20 years ago. You used to be able to win a maiden if you could run 58 before, you know, in, in the bush, but now you nearly have to run 56. You know, you've just really got to have a smart horse to win races anywhere nowadays. Would you say that's made your training uh, ability better or worse by having the uh, the better quality horses? No, I think it's... 
probably better. You've got to work it. You've got to work a lot harder. Uh, you're not up against any easy horses. Uh, you just uh, nothing's easy. There's no race that's easy to win. I, I don't believe that. But I think you've just if you stay in the game, you've just got to be resigned to the fact that you have to work hard, and you've just got to keep striving for the best. When was your first winner, Gana? Okay, so you started in what eighty five. Um, when was your first winner? What, did, did the success come straight away, or did it take a, a little while to, to gain that momentum? Oh, a little while. Scarlet Vixen won in eighty five for us, and we had a horse called After the Fire, who won quite a few races, but a few few races, and it just uh, started around then. We just started, you know, it was all very steady and and just built up from there, but. Um, the more I got into it, the more I loved it. When was the first time you were able to bring a horse to town, but before highways existed, etc.? Was there a really good horse you had that you were able to bring um, to Sydney back then? Uh, Cecil was a good horse for us, and he was um, a good winner in town. But our first winner was a horse, little horse called Cooey Rupp. We bought him for $600 off, um, who was one of our first clients, Fred Muldoon from Oberon, and he was our first city winner back in the oh. 80s. That, gee, that would have been a thrill for you. Oh, absolutely. I was, we were all beside ourselves. <laughs> was, was, was it your price? Oh, I can't remember. I'm sure someone out there listening maybe maybe would know. They might text in. That's one thing about punters. They never, ever forget. You can, you can sometimes forget where your car keys are or what, you, what you're doing the next day, but you remember a good win. Uh, it stays with you forever. The difference in terms of these these highways and what they've done for your clientele. I mean, do you now see these? Um, you know, well, you mentioned well-bred horses coming to your stable now again. Do you find that you know when new clients are ringing you, they you know after say a highway win, they say right, well, we saw you have that success in town. We we've got this horse. You know, would you be interested in taking it on? Is there that flow-on effect now from putting these country races on in town? Definitely, definitely. We've we've had numerous clients very, very keen on the byways. They're just a wonderful concept and the same with the, the country championships and we've had clients move horses into our stable and uh, with that in mind and it's something that I think it's very attainable for country trainers and owners, uh, the highways for a start, yeah. the highways every week. I think it's wonderful for them. You've been having some success too. I remember over the the winter period, you bought down uh, Zoo Station um, and um, from the Bush as well was another horse that, uh, that that kept popping up. Yes, they went well. Uh, Zoo Station, she's a lovely mare on the improve. She's, um, I think, got a nice future. From the Bush is a nice horse in the making too. And um, Tags was the other one that went down to the highway. He's um, a very promising horse too. What about this Kosciuszko? Um Healing Hands, who... Are we, are we going to see Healing Hands this Sunday at Bathurst? No, no. We, okay. We're hoping for a... We would naturally hope for a slot in the Kosciuszko, but we're, he'll have another trial, possibly at Dubbo, and then if he was lucky enough to get in, I, I wanted to put him in fresh. I wanted to start him fresh and mm. uh, change a few things about him, this preparation. He's changed his training program and diet and changed a few things. Became a little bit dour last prep. His main aim last prep was the country championship heat at Mudgee. That was 1,400 first up. Probably just, probably just took the edge off him a little bit. But uh, this time he surprised us, uh, this prep, with a, a good trial at Wellington. And he's been running good times at home. 
Uh, I was questioned last season or last year about the Kosciuszko with him, but I didn't really feel that he was up to it at that stage, and I didn't feel he was a Kosciuszko horse, more of a championship horse. But this year, with the way he's matured and, and he's bulked up and he's a lot stronger horse, he's probably more more and more like the Iron Invincibles at this stage. Yeah. So, um, yeah. When you, when you say you trained his changed his training and 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 you know obviously changed food etc. Can you elaborate on that more? I mean obviously I don't want to, you to give away your, your stable secrets if you're doing something someone might go oh I'll try that with my horse. But what made you um, change it up with him? I think it's mainly uh, when he came in he was a lot stronger and whatever and we just talked about it and we just said well we might sprint this horse this prep and just try something different. He's he can be quite perceiving in his work he's a very scopey horse and, and covers a lot of ground and without realising that he can run really good time in his work at home so I've had to cut that back because he just you know he'd run a race time you know three days a week if that's what you let him do but we just can't let him do that so he's just not probably not working quite as hard as he was last prep and I just didn't want him to end up too dour a bit like last time and Greg Ryan used to tell us that uh, when he rode him that he'd oh this is horse is starting to feel a touch down so I couldn't you know go on like that so I wanted to change a few things with him it was a bit of an experiment but I think it's working and it's gone the other way it's, it's been successful with him mm. the exciting thing too and I mentioned this uh, to other trainers I mean there's other trainers that um, have these horses going that uh, you know they're not going to get selected and you may maybe picked or may not be but on the flip side You've got obviously a, a high quality animal that's going to have to be placed somewhere. I mean, do you have something in the back of your mind of where you would take healing hands? Not at this stage, nothing definite this, at this stage. Of course, we're in limbo regarding the Kosciuszko, so we just um, remain open minded at this stage. So when the slots yeah. fill up, and if we're not there, well, we you know we'll just have to make a decision then as to where we go. But quite keen to see him back and. Very, very pleased with how he's going at the moment. I, I don't like to overwrap horses. I don't think, you know, that's uh, very productive. I think they are what they are, and I, I'd have to say this time I'm, I'm a lot more pleased with him as a Kosciuszko horse rather than uh, a last season, which I didn't think he was last season. And you've got, uh, I see uh, a lot of Williams surnames in the horse, so it's a family affair, Have this bloke? He is, Frank and I, and our daughter, Lauren, and her husband, Matt, uh, cook. Um, he is a family horse. There's no pressure with him. We're happy to just put the horse first and if he's lucky enough to secure a slot, that's wonderful. We, we'd be really thrilled but uh, we'll just go on and, and from from there and just do whatever suits the horse and the horse comes first. Did you breed this horse yourself or would you, was he purchased? No, no, he was purchased. Frank was at uh, Gunderwang, was manager at Gunderwang, started Golgong at the time, and I remember it clearly. He he was at or leaving work, finishing work, and he rang, and he said, there's a horse on bloodstock auction or where, wherever he was on, online, and I'm invincible, and he's been passed in. He was a weanling. And at the time, we'd been starting off with I'm a cool kid, and I had a a love affair with I'm Invincibles. Um, mm. I just thought they were wonderful horses. And anyway, we bought him online. And um, anyway, just went from there. Gave him plenty of time. Tall, leggy horse, and uh, he was purchased for five thousand um, sight unseen. 
so we were a bit lucky there and turned out to be hurling hands. Wow, that's fantastic. So are you, are you, have you done similar, I mean, you don't have to tell us their race names um, if they haven't been produced yet, but have you, have you done similar sort of things um, with the family in, you know, recent times? Have you been sort of, you know, pin-hooking, so to speak? Oh, no, not so much weanlings. We've got a, we've got a couple of others um, that are not so successful, and we do have a nice four-year-old at the moment that we purchased off English for sales, a classic sales. Uh, born to be yours by Bullbars out of Duluth, so she was a handy mare. Mm. So he's only had a trial, and, and then now he's gone for a spell. But he's uh, we're, we're hoping he'll do something. With having the family involved, and you mentioned your daughter Lauren. I mean, she she's heavily. I, I've seen her on the social media, um, really representing the stable and and pushing the Kosciuszko narrative, which you have to be because you have to get uh, people's attention. But that must be great for you to have, you know, your family involved. It certainly is, and that. That's one of the reasons we we did want to come back here to Bathurst too. We don't you don't ever want to be in your children's pockets, but uh, you know we're um, mindful that Lauren and, and Matt have their own lives, but they're both a wonderful help to us. And Lauren's always been into the horses herself, a bit like me, started in pony club and whatever, and moved on to the thoroughbreds, the, the racing, and she's got a heavily interested in what we're doing and very supportive of the stable and she handles all that side of things which certainly makes it easier for me. Did you, when she initially had those conversations with you about getting into the, the, the racing game, were you um, giving green lights or were you saying, oh, I think you should be doing something else, considering you knew how hard the game is? No, she didn't sort of show any indication of wanting to get into uh, the, the thoroughbreds, but um, she's more interested now. Matt and Lauren have their own business, a uh, uh, heavy mechanical business and uh, earth moving business, so they're they're doing that as well. So uh, Lauren just helps us out uh, occasionally on uh, mornings at track work, which is wonderful, and she's gone to the races today with Frank at Orange, and she uh, she's very, very handy for us. Yeah, that's fantastic. You do have arithmetic in. Um, at Orange today, uh, we don't. I don't usually ask for a bit of a tip in these segments, but do you think you can get a winner there today? Or a bit short for today. She's resuming, and she's more of a fourteen hundred metre horse, so she's had a bit of a break. So we'll just be hoping for a, a nice run today. And, and if she could find a line, it'd be wonderful. But she she won't be as quick as those in the thousand today. But uh, hoping she can progress from from that race today. One thing I, I note with a lot of your horses, Gane, just from looking at them on riser and, and also in the form guides, is the amount of owners you have and different uh, owners. Um, and a lot of your horses are filled with multiple, multiple names. Um, you obviously wouldn't be able to do what you do without the support of these owners and obviously them sending you horses. But you've, you, it seems like you've got a lot of, I see a lot of names that reappear, but a lot of loyal owners as well. Oh, we do. We're very, very fortunate. And... Uh... We do, we do have a lot of owners and some that have been with us years ago and, and they've returned and, and also a lot of new ones, but uh, certainly wouldn't be doing what we're doing without the support of owners, that's, that's for sure. And, and the cross-section of Pony Club into the Thoroughbred game, I've had Ron Quinton on this program and we've spoke about, you know, that he's obviously concerned about the future with, with jockeys and where the next generation is coming through here in New South Wales. Uh, um, we even chat with Hugh Bowman and he said look a lot of kids these days especially out in the bush they're not on horses anymore they're on the quad bikes they're 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 or they're inside playing the PlayStation or the Xbox as someone who grew up um, in that pony club 
uh, area. Um, do you think we're doing enough to link the two to, to future generations? No, no, I don't really. I, I think we need to showcase racing more and try and involve children and, and, and coming up from the, through the Pony Club ranks and even if it was something like a work experience uh, situation for them or just introduce them to the racing because a lot of them when they do get into it they they end up loving it and they, and they become really attached to the horses and that sort of thing and yes it is very different from years ago we had apprentices that would come to us that were off farms and whatever and they could really ride I'm not saying these ones these days can't ride but the situation in which they're learning is, is totally different uh, now to what it was years ago but I, I definitely think the racing needs to be showcased more to these young young riders. Yeah. No, it is just something that because, as I said, like even chatting with Rod Northam last week, Rod obviously, you know, grew up, there was, a, you know, and around horses, but, you know, from from being attached to, you know, those pony clubs and just that, that, that young age connection, um, it is something that you think about because obviously we want this game to, to continue on and it's obviously continuing on with your family, but beyond that, we don't know um, how it's going to unfold. Last uh, question, or one of the last questions I'll ask you, Rod last week spoke about... Um, his love of breaking in young horses and, and sort of getting inside the ones that were maybe a bit of a problem child, you know, and so, not so much sorting out their uh, ability to gallop, but more their head smarts. Um, as a country trainer, you're not obviously going to get the luxury of having, you know, a say training for Godolphin where it's Ferrari after Ferrari after Ferrari. You've got to, you know, get these horses and get the best ability of them. What do you like to do with this horse? Do you like the problem childs that you can take and, and turn from a, a 70%er to a to a 100%er? I do, I do, uh, but it's easy for me to say nowadays because <laughs> I don't have to ride them. Uh, but we have a wonderful rider in Amy Spry and she's just brilliant and uh, she likes the challenge too, but it, it's very satisfying if you can improve a horse in, in any way and you've, you've got to just get inside their heads and think like a horse, that's the only way you can do it and you've got to look at it as and say, why did the horse do that? What would I do in the same situation? And um, I just think you, you've just got to, to think like them and uh, that's the only way around it, really. You, you've got to give them every chance to ha- make them happy and, and just keep them happy and satisfied. It's, it, you've got to get them to enjoy what they're doing, what, whatever they're doing. They wouldn't be doing if we didn't have them racing. They wouldn't choose to do it. They're doing it for us, so you've you've really got to help them along and um, got to develop confidence. And the only way to do it is to get try and get inside their heads. And and I believe horses do talk to you. Uh, you've only got to listen. You you've just, you've just got to listen, and 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 they will talk to you. And they'll let, they'll let you know one way or another their behaviour, their demeanour, everything. They they just because they don't actually have a voice, they still talk to you. I think that's a beautiful way to wrap it up, Gator. And I think that sums up. Uh, yourself, your passion and your love uh, for the animal that we all love uh, here at Sky Sports Radio and not that not just us, anyone that's involved with our game. Uh, it's all about the animal. Have a wonderful week. Thanks for joining us. Um, good luck uh, with your runners and nominations for Bathurst on Sunday and good luck too with getting Healing Hands into the Kosciuszko. He's an exciting horse. Thank you. Thanks very much, Dave.